It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hadit uh, podcast here, radio show. Uh, on this sixth day of, or sixteenth day of June 2016, so it's six sixteen sixteen. Now we're here today with our uh, guest speaker. Oh, where'd he go? <laughs> uh, James Scripps. Uh, hold on, folks. Yes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, James is calling in here. Uh, he was on, got disconnected. Sorry about that. You know, this is live radio. Anything can happen here. And uh, But anyway, here in Missouri, the sun's shining a little breezy, hotter than the Dickens. Uh, got to be in the high 90s. But at any rate... Uh, James will be here in a little bit. Now, as you all know, he was one of the first ones that got uh, 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 Agent Orange service connected in the continental United States. And uh, I understand now that we have another one uh, uh, that was on the Johnson uh, Island or... Uh, James, uh, how are you doing today? Have you got me in there, Gerald? You bet. Okay, well, yeah, I'm man. doing good, Gerald. I'm doing good. Uh, oh, great. Also, uh, you I've read also... about that Johnson Atoll where that uh, veteran was ate up with Agent Orange. They finally gave it service connected. Uh, I think yes, that was Johnson Atoll. Yeah, it was. Uh, but I don't think that's the first case that's been won there. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, I was reading earlier. There might have been another one, yeah. I think you're right. There might have been another one. But anyway, yeah, okay. I was... it sort of took this poor guy forever to get get connected. And, uh, right. You know, he he's in such bad shape, it's, it's hard. But it's too bad they didn't service connect him sooner where he had an opportunity to to get some benefit out of it. Of course, now, uh, I'm sure he, he I'm feels like he finally got justice. I don't know. Am I understanding right that you're getting awful close to winning? Uh, yeah, Uh Anyway, the DRO indicated so. I believe it when I see it in writing, of course. Uh, you know how they s- smile at you, and then as soon as your back's turned, they start snickering. <laughs> I, I, I can understand so maybe, that one. <laughs> maybe I can get another year or two out of him. <laughs> but uh, 
Anyway, folks, if you're out there listening, uh, feel free to call us in. Our number, call-in number is 347-237-4819. And uh, uh, after you get through the number and rung in, uh, you just hit the number one, and it'll bring you right into the, uh, the show here live. And uh, we'll we'll get you on air here. Uh, if you have any questions or comments for for Jim or I, and uh, uh, John ca- called me just before the show, Jim, and he uh, he had something come up. He said he's going to try to be back where he can get on the air with us here directly. Uh, so uh, he's in a dead run out there in Kentucky somewhere. <laughs> Well, he's probably fishing. Well, no, he ain't fishing, but I know he wants to go fishing. <laughs> well, did you tell him we wouldn't miss him at all? <laughs> well, I told him we'd be fine. Uh, oh. You know, we'll we'll take it out of his first week's pay. We, we may have another caller uh, come in in a few minutes, and he would be the second Agent Orange in the continental United States winter at Fort McClellan, uh, oh, Mr. Ray Cobb. Yeah, yeah hopefully good. he'll call in. Call. Uh, yeah, because, you know, after all these years of research, finally, when you beat them hard enough, the VAO or the DOD, whoever's got to own up to it, finally owns up to it that, uh, yes, there was veterans exposed to Agent Orange in the continental United States. And matter of fact, my opinion, I think every doggone military insulation out there uh, undoubtedly used Agent Orange when it was available to them. Right. Um, it's just a matter of proving it. There's, you know, it's, it's awful this many years later. It's awful hard to prove. Oh, um, yes. Yes, it is. And I know how hard you worked and, and, uh, getting yours proved up. And, and like you mentioned so many times, as it turned out, some of it was just a doggone lucky break you got. Yeah, and, just... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, it, it shouldn't be that way, Jim. You shouldn't. shouldn't you shouldn't way. have to be a doctor, a lawyer, and an Indian chief to win your claim. No, you shouldn't. And uh, especially when the BA and the DOD is sitting on all the pertinent information, why is it they put the burden on a poor veteran? to dig this proof out on their own and prove them wrong. Well, uh, there's something wrong with that picture. When when you deny the veteran his agent orange exposure, which I believe is a money issue, but then you use that money to distribute in Vietnam to clean up Da Nang, uh, you know, if a veteran tries to prove his Agent Orange exposure 
it dissipated and and it, it, it wasn't toxic after so long a period of time. But now it's strange. It's still toxic in in Da Nang, and they're having to dig up and purify the the earth over there. Uh, that's a lot of money that could be spent on sick veterans. Yes, it is, and you know. Uh, I'm of the opinion that uh, I don't think they can clean that mess up over there. No, it, it, it it's uh, a forest. Uh, you know, where where do you stop, Gerald? I don't know. Once you start digging Jim? after that first shovelful, where do you stop? Where's the well, end of the contamination? You know. I guess when you get down to the mold and lava. I'll, I'll tell you where you stop. I'll tell you exactly where you stop. Every Blue Water veteran there is know. They just know that Agent Orange stopped at the water's edge. So I guess you clean up to the water's edge at low tide. Well, that's, uh, that's another terrible wrong that the, they've done the Blue Water Navy veterans uh, you know they drunk at although the water was filtered uh, still it didn't it wasn't designed to filter out Agent Orange can, uh, uh, agents you know so they're in a That's world another story too. for another day yeah, it is, and it's but, a shame. Uh, uh, there's no end to it, uh, uh, Jim. Whenever you come across an exposure issue, it's it's horrible. It is, and it's going to last it's many horrible. years. Try, trying to prove that up, and it it takes years uh, because. Uh, you know, they manipulate history. They manipulate the fact sheets. They manipulate the research. Uh, uh, these studies are all manipulated. Oh, we have a caller. Uh, let's see who we have here. Uh, uh, caller, uh, are you in there? Uh, do yes, you have sir. a question or comment? Hello? 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 Yeah. Is that you, Ray? Yeah, that's me, James. How you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. Um, Ray would be the second um, person to win Agent Orange exposure in the continental United States at Fort McClellan, Alabama. Uh, My golly. How in the world did you do that, Ray? (laughs) A lot of work (laughs) and a lot of help from James. I bet. I just bet. That's it. Uh, about eight, eight years to get it done. Eight years. Well, yeah. you had some good help if James was helping you. I uh, did. By golly, I'm proud of James. He He's worked hard trying to help other veterans, too. Uh, Please. I attended Ray's hearing with him before the judge and his uh, servant when the judge 
started the tape going. He said, so I understand where you've got a claim for presumptive exposure, Agent Orange, at Fort McClellan, Alabama. And his service officer said, yes. And I was sitting behind him, and I kicked his chair. And he didn't, uh, the judge repeated it. He said, I think we've got a presumptive exposure claim at Fort McClellan, Alabama. And his service officer said, yes, and I kicked his chair again. <laughs> so I finally, got a, yeah, I finally got a chance to speak, and I said, Your Honor, I think the service officer didn't understand what you were asking. He didn't understand your question. I said, we're prepared. We have a direct exposure claim, and we're here prepared to support that. And where the judge, the paper the judge had been writing on, he just folded up to it in a trash can and said, thank you. And we started all over. <laughs> yeah, it it has to be direct, don't it, uh, James? It's got to be direct, yes. Yeah. I'm, and you got to have yeah. a lot of documentation to back it up. You know, the Internet helped tremendously in my case as well. Um, just to give you some examples, number one, I knew the enlisted or the uh, uh, private personnel on base that was in charge of the photo lab. I was a photographer there and went out to photograph some uh, training exercises in a little Vietnamese village there called Tigerland. And it was known that they used Agent Orange around Tigerland. So he was aware of it. I had to get a letter notarized from him stating that he sent me into an area where it was known to have been used and named Tigerland. That was one documentation that I, I had. A second documentation I had, I was able, because of the Internet, to actually run down the individual who worked in maintenance uh, for the base that actually sprayed the Agent Orange. And with, with uh, his testimony and the letter and documentation from him that was also signed and notarized, we were able to present that along with the statement that the captain in charge of the AIT training facility made of me when he told me to stay back out of the way. They were going to spray Agent Orange, and it was quite dangerous, and I didn't need to walk down through it. However, in order to get the photographs that he wanted, I had to walk right through it. It was wet, got down around my pants legs and everything, and uh uh, that's how I was exposed that particular day that I could actually identify. From that, but those point, those trainees that were actually involved can't win their cases. Yeah, those the majority. I would say probably ninety nine point nine or ninety nine percent of those trainees went right straight from there to Vietnam. So they probably oh. came down with boots on the ground because it was an AIT. Uh, training facility of infantry, infantry soldiers. So, uh, you know, I, I would imagine that they are the ones that went directly over there. So their exposure, they probably got it just through the boots on the ground in Vietnam. Gerald, did you ever think you would have the first Connors winner and the second Connors winner on your radio show at the same time? No, I didn't, James. Uh <laughs> Uh, you know, 
like I said, I know how hard you worked on this. And uh, uh, by golly, it uh, it's a rough case to prove up. I mean, for a poor veteran. Veterans it, are uh, not uh, uh, equipped, most of them, I'd say the majority of them, they're just come to wit's end. They, they, they run out of knowledge, I guess. Well, you know, if we were all that smart, we wouldn't have ended up at, uh, in service anyway. Who had been with Bill Clinton running over there? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, we would have been able to. to uh, job yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's, there's a, a coincidence. I just won uh, loss of use of right hand and right foot, and uh-huh. I got the vehicle grant, and uh, I've had contractors out. They're going to build onto my home, build a new bathroom and laundry room and put in ramps and a oh. two-car garage. And uh, Ray had now, his, Ray, you Ray had his C&P. Uh, what letter do you have to get up to to get that, James? Uh, you don't need a you don't need a letter. All you have to do is have loss of use of one limb to get the the uh, loss or loss of use of one limb to get the vehicle grant. Post nine eleven, you can get the specially adaptive housing grant with one limb. But if you're pre nine eleven, it takes loss of use of two limbs to get the Special Adaptive Housing Grant. And Ray, just coincidence, had his C&P examination for loss of use of foot day before yesterday. Oh. Very recent. <laughs> Matter of fact, right before uh, I called in, I just made one last check on the, my healthy vet to see if it had been posted to C&P exam, and it has. I'm kind of interested in, I heard you talk earlier about how things are covered up. When I went in for my C&P, the the doctor, the examiner, started talking about nerve problems that I know to have because of treating disc in my neck, which is not military-connected. It's just good old age of being an athlete all my life. And uh, I said, wait a minute. I said, uh, my understanding, in, uh, according to the John Hopkins uh, uh, Medical Center, that there's only four ways to which drop foot, as, as you might call it, or loss of peripheral nerve, can occur. Number one, is an automobile accident or car accident or trauma to that area of your body, whether it be the arm or the leg. Number two, have a stroke. Number three, have a heart attack. Or number four, from neuropathy. Well, I have already been declared connected by the military with neuropathy because of diabetes. So she was Mm -hmm. trying to point out other areas to which it could occur. And I said, wait a minute. I haven't had a heart attack, I haven't had a stroke, 
And as you can see, my leg is fully intact. I've never had any damage or car wreck or anything like that. So the only thing that's left is the neuropathy, which has already been determined to be military connected. So I'm anxious to see... So they had uh, connected you with diabetes? Correct. Okay. Correct. Uh, Now, now on your your loss of use, is that because your feet go numb? Let me explain that one. Go ahead. Let me explain (laughs) that one. It's a common problem in veterans that were exposed to Agent Orange, although it's little mm-hmm. known to veterans. When you go somewhere where you have to walk on a tile floor, such as the VA, or in just about any yeah. hospital, if mm-hmm. you're walking along and your toe sticks to the floor and you have to run to catch up to keep from falling, you got a problem. Okay. And okay. it's called drop foot. Well, drop foot... Um, it doesn't give you any trouble walking on gravel or grass where your foot can slide along, but when you get on a tile floor and you got a rubber sole, instead of your foot hitting heel-toe when you walk, the toe hits first. Of course, when it does, it sticks to the floor and it trips you. Um, immediately, if that's happening to you, you should go to the doctor and get a diagnosis. It's drop foot. If you have drop foot, they're going to give you an AFO brace, or ankle foot orthotic, AFO. If you are given an AFO by the VA, that means you have drop foot, uh, which is caused by the loss, total loss of the perennial nerve. You can't pick the front of your foot up. You can give a car gas. You just can't get off the gas pedal. I have to lift my foot from my hip. Uh, therefore, you when they give you the AFO, then you file your claim for loss of use of foot, drop foot. You're wearing an AFO brace, and you apply for the automobile grant. Actually, you shouldn't have to well, apply. The reason I was asking, Jim... Uh, because I fell here in uh, February. Uh, it was in February. The last thing I remember <laughs> when I fell is like I was trying to run around on my tiptoes. And next thing I know, I was right on my hip, busted my hip, and had a heck of a deal. But uh, I was wondering what he sent because I do have diabetes and neuropathy real bad. Even my feet go numb but and legs up to halfway to my calf. Uh, and that's why I was asking him the symptoms. I never associated it with the term drop foot toe. So when I'm you, sure a lot of that. Go ahead. When you start stumbling like that, yeah. When it happens, you're not aware that your toe hit the ground first and tripped you. You're too busy trying to run and catch up to keep from falling. Yes. Somebody yes. has to actually somebody has to give you a clue that that might be what the problem is, and then you can look for it. 
you can notice I tripped because my foot stuck to the floor. My toe hit first. And I had to run to keep him if you didn't actually fall. Uh, sometimes you actually fall, you can't run fast enough. But what well, made me aware what made me aware of it is I carried my doctor to the daughter uh, I mean my daughter to the doctor over at Vanderbilt University and my sister in law uh-huh. was with us. And about every tenth step that happened to me and they were laughing at me. They thought I was doing it on purpose. It it was comical to them. So I asked my podiatrist about it the next time I saw him, and he said, you've got drop foot. And he issued the brace, and if they issued the AFO brace, you've got a really, really good case to get loss of use of foot and get an automobile grant. That's interesting. Yeah, look, look it up. Look it up in CFR. Look it up in CFR 3.350. That's 3.350. Loss of use of foot and what it takes for them to concede that. My doctor wrote loss of use of foot due to complete loss of the perennial nerve. And when he writes that, the VA concedes drop foot. I mean, concedes loss of use. Three that earned you 3.350. Okay. Um, yeah, read that. Loss of use, what it takes to get an automobile grant. Um, man, if everybody was aware of what was going on and and the loss of use regulations and how to use them, uh, you'd have to be ordering cars for a while because they would run out. <laughs> Yeah, we know a lot of people, uh, you know, that probably have a lot of these issues. They don't know the proper terminology and uh, where they are in the regs. Yeah, well, and, you know, my it can point be helpful to them. One of my points was pretty interesting. I went to get diabetic shoes a year ago. And when uh-huh. I'm in there, they're fitting my diabetic shoes. The lady says, do you trip a lot? And I said, yeah, sometimes I think I stumble. I can't walk on my own two feet. I trip over myself. And she says, no, you've got drop foot. Look here at your toes. And the toes of my shoe on my right foot was scratched up where it had been dragging the ground from time to time. Uh-huh. So she says, I'm going to send you to a podiatrist. So she sent me to Dr. Penn, and sure enough, he said, you have drop foot, let's watch it for a little bit. So I went back for six, for a six-month checkup, and he says, yeah, the drop foot's gotten worse. He says, let's get you an AFO brace. And he ordered that in February, and they fitted it on March the 28th. So once they did that, I was able to file for my loss of use of foot under that 3.350 and uh, had my C&P this week already. So that's pretty pretty good turnaround on that. And that's strictly because of the fact that I, he issued that AFO brace like James is talking about. Yeah. Well, Cheryl, you can, know. you can self-diagnose drop foot. When you walk down a tall floor or uh-huh. a wood floor, 
listen for one of listen to your steps. If you've got drop foot, that foot is actually going to slap the floor. You're going to go yeah. clump, slap, clump, slap, clump. Uh, you have to you have to raise your foot a whole lot higher. You have to bend your knee uh, and raise your foot a whole lot higher to keep that toe from from hitting before the heel. Either that, or you swing it out sideways. Well, steps are difficult. Steps are difficult because you can't raise the front of your foot. Yeah, but I people are just not. Yeah, people are just not aware of that. But see, I use a wheelchair a lot because of my lungs. I just don't have lung capacity to walk anywhere. I mean, I can walk a few steps, but. Uh, uh, <laughs> That don't mean I'm not stumbling around. <laughs> oh, that wouldn't that wouldn't that wouldn't preclude you from uh, having lost a use of foot. I don't Using think a I don't how could because you know uh, due to my diabetes, I've talked to my primary care team about going for uh, uh, diabetic shoes. Uh, I need a pair of them because. It's so easy for your feet to get buggered up, and then that's when you start losing them. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so I want the best shoes I can possibly get, uh, boots if they'll give them to me, uh, something that'll protect my ankles too, uh, because my feet are uh, uh, numb. And uh, uh, so I... I figure, you know, any little injury could turn into a disaster. Sure, when you've got diabetes, you know, it's just slow healing. It, it, well, yeah, it can turn into gangrene before you know it. So uh, that uh, that's why I was so curious about his feet here and how he how he uh, arrived at that. Uh, but that's pretty interesting. The drop that thing. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of veterans out there that have that that issue and not even realize Yeah, they just it. don't know the symptom. They've got the symptom, but they don't recognize what's actually happening. Because, like I say, I when, you, when you do trip and you're busy running to keep from falling, you ain't trying to figure out what caused it to start with. Well, that's right. That's right. Uh, One interesting point, once I figured out what was going on, and uh, my wife and I, we did our research and talked to James about it and everything, knowing that he had drop foot. Uh, she yeah. started noticing what, when I walked down the hall here, we have uh, laminated floors, and when I walked down the hall, she said that she could tell a different sound in my right foot as it hit versus my left. Well, yeah, that yeah. was slap. That, yeah, that was the sign that she could tell without even seeing me or saying anything to me, just from the sound alone. But without until we did our research and, and knew that there was supposed to be a different sound, that slapping sound, we neither wanted to pay any attention to it. It doesn't suddenly come on. It's slow. It's just like neuropathy. 
it's a uh, yeah. it doesn't just yeah, all of a sudden come on overnight. It's it's a, uh, that's like my actually I would su- I would suspect it's uh, some serious nerve damage that brings all that on. It's well, uh, it's, 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 it's the common perennial nerve. Yeah. And when and uh, if you'll read in 3.350, if you have permanent loss of that perennial nerve, the VA concedes loss of use of foot. And well, the correction, the only correction there is, is to issue you an AFO brace, ankle, foot, or sciatic. Uh, that comes up to about, on mine, it comes up to about my knee, just below my knee. And it goes uh-huh. down, and it fits fits under the insert inside of my shoe and makes that rigid. In other words, the foot has to lift because it's rigid with my leg. It's at 90 degrees to my leg, and it has no choice but to lift. And that yeah. that keeps me from falling. But then another problem with drop foot is you can't propel yourself with that foot. I have to propel myself with my left foot, or I can use my cane and use that cane to push off and step out with my right foot. Oh, but you have a, okay. You have a little problem propelling there, and it's also insidious. If somebody don't tell you, you don't realize that, that you can't. You just automatically step off with the other foot. You never know it unless somebody tells you, you know, to look for it. Well, it's something for uh, all you veterans out there to pay attention to, especially if you have diabetes and and you do a lot of tripling, uh, tripping or stumbling around. Uh, be sure to bring that drop foot thing up to your primary care. Or yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to be a, a certain percentage to get that. You know, a man that's got, if you got diabetes, you got 20%. If yeah. you've got 20% and you've got drop foot, that's a vehicle grant. And that's $20,175 towards the vehicle of your choice. And then adaptive equipment on top of that to adapt that vehicle where you can drive it. Uh, yeah. Mine didn't need any adaptation. I've also got loss of use of right hand. Uh, uh-huh. I just have to come off of the gas from the hip. I can't raise the front of my foot. Like I say, I could put the gas on, but I can't come off of it. Uh, and if I've got my brace on, it's rigid anyway, so you have to lift it, your hip. Uh, and the loss of use of hand, we took care of that. We bought a, a, a Ford Explorer. And it's voice command, so you can oh, you don't really? have any. Yeah, you can you can turn the radio on, turn it off, turn it up, turn the fan on, turn the fan off, air conditioner, turn it up and down. Voice command. Uh, what about the uh, accelerator? The accelerator. Yeah. I don't have any problem. Yeah, I don't have any problem with the accelerator, but now, if you if you need it. They'll actually swap places with the brake and the gas. All I needed was a pedal at a different height. Now, we had a Honda oh, and the pedals okay. were the same height, and I tell whether which one I was on, 
but this Explorer, the brake pedal sits a lot higher than, and it's adjustable. Uh, oh, okay. It sits higher than the gas pedal, so I don't get bone on both at the same time. But you're well. Wrong. That's a good deal. That automobile allowance uh, because you can get them uh, accelerators put on the uh, steering column. I guess. Yeah, you can. They'll 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 fix it up however you need it to drive it. And then you get one vehicle in a lifetime. That's a one in a lifetime. But you get uh, adaptive equipment. (laughs) You can get adaptive equipment twice every four years. So if you trade vehicles, they'll put adaptive equipment on your new vehicle twice, twice every four years. Well, that's okay. Usually a vehicle, once you wreck it, it's going to last you four years. Well, you can have two vehicles. One, they help pay for the other you bought, and you can get adaptive equipment. You can get adaptive equipment on both of those vehicles. Oh, oh, okay, okay. At the same time, I have have an expedition that's... that's, uh, they paid for adaptive equipment. Now, adaptive equipment also includes power steering, power brakes, air conditioner, leather seats. Uh, they pay you the difference in what a vehicle would cost without all of that versus what uh, it actually costs, up to 3000 So I've got well. 2500 back on my uh, Expedition, I mean my Explorer, and then we bought my wife's Honda, which I drive too. We got twenty four hundred back on it for the parts. So, so when you buy a vehicle uh, with using the vehicle grant, you buy a really, really nice vehicle because the accessories that came on that vehicle uh, that they returned the money for after the deal's already done, a maximum of three thousand dollars. If you buy something that well, don't have a lot on it, you're not going to get very much back. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, we have another caller in there. Uh, John, is that you? Yes, it is. Well, I may fish to catch. Oh, well, it's hot and dry uh, here. You know, they're probably in 100 feet of water with zip ties in their mouth. I kind of thought maybe he's up on Kentucky Lake there somewhere. No, I'd be a dream for done that. I ain't done that in a long time. Yeah, we we have another Agent Orange uh, uh, U.S. Uh, Continental U.S. Agent Orange uh, recipient uh, in here, John. Well, that's a pretty uh, pretty rare circumstance, Gerald. I think both of them well, need to yeah. buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> well, I think uh, they do. Uh, uh, by golly, you know, I feel like there ought to be probably 10,000 because I know there's more than that out there. <laughs> but we got to do them. <laughs> yeah, but look what they had to go through to even get us to give us, even to get it. You know, I mean, it was uh, 
it's a long, drawn-out process, and with denial after denial, and poor James had to go to the media to get him to even look at his claim. Yeah. Uh, um, go ahead. You know, Ray, Ray called me. Well, he didn't call me. He, I think he emailed me after I won my claim and said he had a claim in for agent under exposure for McClellan. And he was pretty confident, and I asked him what his evidence was, and he didn't have any. Uh, I don't think I had the first letter, did I, James? No, you didn't. You would have lost. <laughs> but anyway, I, I told him, I said, man, you're going to have to get going. He had a hearing uh, in a couple of weeks. And I said, you need this, and you need this, and you need this, and you need three doctors' opinions, and, and you need an Agent Orange exam. And, you, and, man, let me tell you, he was hopping. He he actually did everything, and the day we went before the judge, Ray had a full folder. His, it was stuff full of evidence that you wouldn't believe. But I've never seen anybody so tenacious as far as running and getting evidence, just on my word that he needed it. I think it's real clear to him now, had he not had it, uh, he he wouldn't have that nice camper sitting up on the lake. He'd be in a tent. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> well, there, there's several things, you know, I... Um, I help a lot of individuals here in my community to win their cases. And I'm amazed of, of the individuals who do not understand VA procedures and and do not even know how to look up their diagnosis to see if it even qualifies for any disability. And then not to have any idea on how to get evidence to prove your case. And once once I visited my primary, my uh, podiatrist on the stripe foot the first time, and he said, let's look at it for six months and see if it worsened, I immediately started making plans and arrangements to, to get three other doctors to confirm what he had said. And once he made that confirmation that I had drop foot and put that in my, my notes, and made the diagnosis, I went out the next two days, saw a doctor each day. I took a copy of his diagnosis, where it stated what I had, and where it stated he put me into an ALFO. I also took him a copy of the 3. Point, um, was it James, 3.350? Yes. Documentation that talked about loss of, loss of use. And I showed him the doctor's notes, and I showed them what the VA said it had to have, and both of those doctors immediately wrote me a letter and used the exact wordage that was needed or that will be needed to prove my loss of foot before the the VA. Now, I haven't gotten the answer yet, but I, I do know that when the lady did my CMP Monday, she looked at those letters and she said, well, all three of these doctors agree that you have drop foot because of neuropathy. And I said, uh, yes, they do. And that was something else I learned from James. When you go to a doctor 
or you go for your C&P and you think that that doctor may not have received all of the information that you turned in as evidence uh, for your condition, it sure doesn't hurt to take an extra copy of a letter or two that you may have from some other doctor or some other source that indicates or states that you have that condition. And I think taking her a copy, because sure enough, the two le- the original letters that I turned in for my claim had not been forwarded to her. She had no idea that they existed. Oh, and I walked in there with them, and she took the time and read them. And by her reading them and then reading Dr. Penn's notes, she really doesn't have too much of a choice except to agree with those other three doctors. You know, Ray had a veterans event in Winchester, Tennessee, not long ago, and uh, I rode up there. And I'm really good at getting myself into trouble. Um <laughs> He had a speaker up there from the regional office, and she said, we in the VA now can adjudicate claims in 125 days. And she gave her still, uh, you know, she she works for the VA in the regional office, and um, I'm sure she believes what she's saying. Um, Let's give our listeners a minute to catch their breath after laughing so hard. Some of the problems well, I followed her. I was the next speaker. And in their presence, there were four of them there sent up by the regional office. The first thing I said over the microphone was the VA says they can adjudicate your claim in 125 days. They can't pick their nose in 125 days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he did. He actually said that. He actually... Right there over the PA system, 135 veterans and their spouses sitting out there in front of them. I had a representative from the U.S. Congress sitting there, and he sits there and tells them they can't pick their nose in 125 days. <laughs> well, now, Gerald, is that the truth or not? <laughs> well, I, that's the truth as I know it. Uh, she, she didn't say they could give you a denial in 125 days, did they? Because that's usually what they do. <laughs> she said they would. She answered exactly right. They said they could adjudicate. They didn't say award. They said adjudicate. Uh, yeah. But no, they they can't do that. Uh, I've seen some coming a lot a lot less uh, than 125. But generally speaking, no, they're way off the mark. But uh, there were actually, what, 24 veterans there that day that filed claims, Ray? We had 27 veterans that filed claims, and some of them as many as four different claims. And they came in prepared with their documentation and evidence. Uh, I know that six or seven of them have already gotten their C&P exam. Now, this was held on April the 19th. So, uh, uh the ones I'm familiar with, uh, I've talked with them. They have already had their CUP exams from that meeting, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that almost all of them eventually will receive their benefits that they deserve. And uh, it's just a matter of them working through the, the procedures because they came in with with uh, doctor's information. This one gentleman had 
just recently had open heart surgery. Um, he had four bypasses. Uh, he had a valve problem. Uh, he was boots on the ground in Vietnam. And he came in with about, I think, five different doctors with their mailing addresses, telephone numbers, and what they actually did as part of the surgery and turned all of that in for them to to send for the information and records. So he, you know, he had his ducks in a row, and uh, I'm assuming that probably pretty shortly he will will be receiving uh, uh, award his claim. Ask that veteran when you talk to him again. Ask him uh, to go look at his uh, surgery, his heart cath he had and stuff on the surgery. And uh, when they did the surgery, they measured his ejection fraction of his heart. Asked him to get that uh, reading, and uh, once he gets that reading, you can kind of stay away from the met section of the t- of the part four. You look at that ejection fraction. You can tell him basically what kind of rating he's going to get because that's how they're based on now. So if it's 50 or below, he's going to get 60 percent. If it's 50 or above, or 51 or above, he's going to get 30. And if it's under like 30 percent, he gets a lot higher. So it all depends on how strong his heart is. 30 percent ejection fraction uh, will get you 100 percent. Yeah, 30 percent is 100. But 31 is 60. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. One, one point. Well, mine is mine is actually 28. Uh, but I have an implanted defibrillator anyway, so. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's an automatic. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's an automatic 100. Yeah, but uh, my triple bypass, my ejection vector came out at 45. 45. That's what I am. I'm at 60%. Right. Now, you got diabetes, too, I understand. Let's say you don't have diabetes. And you got yeah. that foot drop going on as secondary neuropathy to the diabetes. Correct. So that's going to put and you in a pretty. One thing I haven't, uh, I haven't even uh, applied for yet is, uh, and, and I'm trying, I'm doing my research right now on, is loss of vision. Yeah, um, your eyes are very important with diabetes. Get, yeah, that, that's a pretty good. I'm legally blind in my left eye. Uh, my vision in my left eye is twenty two hundred fifty. Uh, legally blind is 2075, um, according to Tennessee Highway Patrol. Uh, so I'm way, way over that, and I'm not for sure when I do my loss of vision. I find a lot of places where it talks about both eyes, but I don't see very much where it talks about just one eye. There's a look at the title part three. There is a paragraph on paired organs and I think it covers your eyes. Don't know exact location of it right now, but I can dig it up and send it to you and it'll give you a little more insight on how to fight that. Okay. Because I consider kidneys, lungs, paired organs, eyes. Okay. Ears. That by the way, that loss of, of use of a hand or foot will also get you a K award. Special K three one oh three twenty three per month. Uh, I get, well, I lost mine because when you move up to an M, you lose you lose your K's. Uh, if if that particular disability was used in, right, in yeah. as a predicate in in the formulation of the letter number, yeah. so when I moved up to M, I, I dropped two of my K's. I still retain one. Well, uh, but I'm going for the O. Well, if you got uh, diabetes and heart disease, always file for erectile dysfunction too. That's another K. Well, that's, uh, I'm drawing that K. 
but I lost the use. I lost the one for the loss of use hand and the one for loss of use foot because it was used as a predicate in the formulation of the M. You know, if you get three Ks, you get you get an extra level of SMC. No, no, you do. You can you can have three Ks at one time, yeah. but that, if you could have ten, that wouldn't get you another level. Yeah. Uh, what will get me another? What will get me another level is aid and attendance. Yeah, but you're already, what, you're already at M, right? I'm at an M now. Okay. Uh, Let's put you at Yeah, when when they adjudicated my claim, there at any any time they award 100% permanent total award, they're supposed to consider aid and attendance, and they fail to do that. So I bought my vehicle. I got my retro bank. And I'm getting my house built on to, and I sent in a notice of disagreement with that decision. They failed to consider aid and, aid and attendance. So when they award that, uh, I'll get retro all the way back four years on the aid and attendance, and it should move me to an O. I also check into the uh, vocational rehab section of the uh, independent living program if you got like a hobby or something you like to do. Now, I know a fellow here recently... Uh, Wanted a greenhouse, and they denied his greenhouse. He took him to the he <laughs> yeah. took him to court. Thousand dollar greenhouse. <laughs> yeah, he hadn't got it yet, though. He, he no. was awarded, but he hadn't got it. Last time I heard, they're tap dancing. Yeah, he's done another red on that. <laughs> I mean, he's after him. I'm telling you. He I like to play with my. Up. I like to play with my bulldozer and my tractor. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Tell me more of D9L. I need a newer dump truck. Mine's a 71 model. <laughs> <laughs> you got an antique. I went to, went to the doctor here not long ago, my cardiologist, and he said, Mr. Cripps, uh, what's the most activity you've done since I last saw you? He got him a pencil piece of paper out. I said, Doc, I don't know. And my wife spoke up, and she said he buried the dog. Our dog died. And he wrote that down. And he said, now, how deep was this grave? I said, it was deep. He said, real deep? I said, four feet. He said, now, did you get winded while you were doing that? Did you get out of breath? Did you have to sweat a lot and, and take a break? And I said, no, I used the bulldozer. <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted his paper up, threw it in the trash, and he said, I thought I told you to stay off that bulldozer because back last September, I stepped off the bulldozer and fell dead in front of the, in front of the blade. Uh, and my defibrillator brought me back. I don't know how long I laid there, um, but I got back on the dozer and cranked it back up and worked till dark. And the VA called me the next morning and said I was clinically dead. No, no respiration, no heartbeat, nothing. I was gone and said your defibrillator brought you back. I said I didn't know it. <laughs> I guess I thought I just laid down, took a little nap. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I'm glad you got one of them things, Jim. I am too. I would have been gone. Probably that would have been the third time. Yeah, you've been at six foot under club. That's a bad thing. You got oh. defibrillators are worth their weight in gold. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? You know what the problem is, Jim. You keep what? trying. You keep trying. You keep trying. 
But the, the guy down below doesn't want you. The guy up above doesn't want you. So they're going to leave you here for a long time. <laughs> you may not be wrong, huh? <laughs> yeah, they're playing tug of war. They're playing uh, tug of war. I got a friend, uh, Ray, you know him, Jim. He wanted me to yeah. come to church and talk about death and what it was like. He said, you know, you could get up there and, and tell about the, the bright light and, and how it felt to be dead. And, and I said, Jim, I don't remember dying. I remember waking up. He said, you didn't see no light or anything? I said, no. He said, well, that wasn't like a real good story. <laughs> <laughs> if you had your hand on the nose, you could have jump started it. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, that twenty four volts on there, but now it don't use volts. It, it uses joules, and it'll get you three times. And each time, it increases the amount of joules. Uh, if it don't get you back in three times, it gives up. Did you have any damage done to your heart when that happened? Uh, not when that happened, but the heart attack did. And then I had defective leads in my defibrillator. And when they changed it out the first time, they had to go in with a laser and cut those leads out of the heart, which did more damage. Yeah. And now I've got defective leads again. But if if they cut them out, that would be the end of me. I don't have any any you know a twenty eight percent ejection fraction. I don't have enough left to perform the fool with. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Those leads, you know, it's it's just a bad situation there, buddy. Yeah, you know they're there. They brought me in, and and uh, there there was twenty six of us. And they announced that we had defective leads. They brought us in, and they set our our defibrillators off where the alarm would come on. And they said, if you hear this alarm, you head to the hospital. You're going to wish you were dead by the time you got here, but you 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 head this way. And it sounded just like a German police car. Well, after the, they gave me a gas card for coming, by the way, ten dollars worth of gas. So my wife and I went to eat, and we were sitting in a booth, and all at once I hear this German police car, and I freeze, and my wife freezes. It was a guy behind us telephone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boys, I hate to do this, but we're slap out of time. Uh, Well, I've had some fun. Well, Jim... We'll do this again yeah, next we're month. We're going to have to get get you and Ray back on here uh, again, and um, it's really been a pleasure having you on. You 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 told us something here, and I'm sure a lot of veterans appreciate you you uh, mentioning this drop foot thing because uh, there's. Uh, as you know, we have so many veterans with diabetes and neuropathy, and uh, drop foot could certainly come in to play with some of them. And uh, so with that, uh, John, I appreciate you making it. And, yeah, I wish I could have made it earlier with that. Uh, see you again. So with that, this will be... Uh, Gerald Cook with Jay Basser will be signing off for now.
something in the play. Just hold the button down on it. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Master Show. Well, that was quick. Should be a goodbye here somewhere. Goodbye. Show ending. Well, I never, never found it. What you do? I guess that's it.